today's pizza pod, we have Sammy Walker on the line today. Sammy and I will talk about his youth and high school career. We'll talk about what's going on with his current college career and his future with the Tampa Bay Lightning in a couple years after he wraps up his college career. Uh, We'll go over his favorite memories of playing youth hockey and uh, some of the aspects of college hockey. Hope you enjoy the show. Is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire. I fell into a ring of fire. All right, Sammy Walker on board here on the Pizza Pod. Sammy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Uh, a seventh-round draft pick, t- Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Let's talk about that really quick. You are a rare, rare breed. I was just talking to somebody before I turned. I, I gave you a phone call. I was talking about the rarity of a high school hockey player drafted playing his senior year at high school. What went into that decision of not going to the USHL and coming back and, and finishing your senior year at Edina? Yeah, I mean, um, for me, I I always kind of wanted to stay in high school and, and stay through my senior year. Um, and it was for sure weird, uh, you know, being in high school and being drafted. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think going into my decision, it was kind of a no-brainer. And I, I wanted to stay at Edina and, and try to win a, a state championship uh, and kind of just, you know, play one more year with, with all the – the kids I grew up with. What a crazy game that semifinal against Duluth East. You played yeah. in bo- you played in both of those semifinal games, didn't you? The mm-hmm. one uh, they were both insane. Uh, the first one was more insane because the the wave of fans cheering against Edina that night. Where you, I didn't really get the sense when you were your senior year. Did you get the sense that everyone was cheering against Edina that night from a um, player's it, perspective? I would say more my my freshman, freshman year. year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, was. I mean, still my senior year was it was pretty crazy you I can kind was, of see that no one wanted us to win but, i i didn't uh, get it i i felt more of a 50 50 feeling the the yeah. senior year where it was just kind of a everyone was was enjoying a great game uh whereas i'd never seen a wave of just well, people that that fresh your freshman year game yeah because like you kind of had just one like two in, two a, in row. a row so yeah. we were going for a three-peat and no one wanted us to, yeah. to win obviously and yeah. yeah, it was it was crazy. There wasn't as much, believe it or not, hate for Edina in 2018. It was like, <laughs> yeah. They were just one of the three or four teams that could win it that year, and yeah, you know, th- for, sure. for sure, it was one of the better teams. Um, and Tonka was great. There were so many great Tonka games you guys had that mm-hmm. year. So, yeah. talk about where were you uh, during that game? This is a, a weird memory, but where were you? Maybe you're on the ice. Maybe you're on the bench. When I don't even know who shot, let's just say it was Nevers. I think it was Nevers shot the puck, and the guy from Duluthies fell. He didn't. He didn't try to block. He just fell literally onto his butt, and the puck hit him right. In the, do you remember this shot and this play? Uh 
I mean, not really. Oh, third, oh, third, third, it was, I think it was the third period. You guys are buzzing, right? And a kid. Is this Duluth, when we were down? Like you're 2-1 or down, something? Down, yeah. And you're about to tie the game. And a kid falls from Duluth oh, East in okay, the crease. Yeah. And it hits, instead of going in the net, it hits that. him right in the back. And I'm like, yeah. that is that was the time where I'm like, okay, Duluth East is going to win this game. Yeah, you know? I was, uh, yeah, I was on the ice that time. And that was just our luck that night. Yeah. And it was it, just... I mean, like, I think I almost raised my hands because I thought it was going in. Yeah, it's just, and, that's one of those yeah. things where it's kind of like a college. We were talking yesterday to Grant Patolny at Northern Michigan. He goes, yeah, he's just, Doug Woog never got his luck, right? He never had the luck in the, in the big game, right? And mm-hmm. and it's sometimes these NHL championships, NCAA high school, it's just you need some luck to go your way, and you guys yeah, did that, you, that night for sure. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> So let's go back. I mean, even and, go ahead. There, what were you saying? No, I was gonna say even the, the goal they scored from like the red line or something. Oh, for sure. Oh, just, yeah. yeah, it was from way that out. Was just our luck. Yeah, luck it, that, it, that puck. And no offense to Garrett McKay, that puck was not even going in the net. You know. Yeah. He just kind of reached his glove out. You know. You and you've seen many goalies block pucks that are not going in the net, but you yeah. rarely see a goalie block a puck that's not going in the net and then b- bounce over your shoulder and then go into the net. I mean, you couldn't. Well, it was, it was yeah, it was too bad because Garrett was, I mean, he was awesome all year and yeah, and even in state he was, he was playing unreal and, you know, just that one bounce is too bad. I saw him playing uh, in the USHL this year for Madison. I was like, that's the kid from Dine, and I yeah. uh, shuffle through my program. There he is, same kid. You know, I think he ended up yeah. making it to a Division One school. Left early from the USHL. I don't know where he ended up this year, but I think he left the USHL for a Division One mm-hmm. school. So, all right, let's go back uh, through your youth career. Um, I remember the first time I saw you play. You were, and this is kind of a good story. Uh, you were probably half the size of everybody on your team. <laughs> uh, do you remember you had Scott Reedy and and uh, uh, what was the big kids Austin? Oh, Austin Pratt. Austin Pratt. I yeah. mean, this is some big, big kids that were really, really skilled. Oh, and then yeah. there was this guy who was about half of everyone's size with the puck on a stick the whole time. That was you. <laughs> um, yeah. Talk about being small because you aren't small anymore. But you were in probably through ninth grade, half the size of everybody on the team. Did that, how did that help your game now that you're playing at the division one level? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I really didn't grow until like my sophomore year or the summer going to sophomore year. Um, so growing up, it was, you know, it was, it was always kind of hard just, um, you know, what I learned and kind of what my dad taught me is, you know, if you're, you know, you're going to be a small guy playing and if you want to play at a high level, like, you know, you got to produce and, you know, some of the big guys, they, um, you know, they can just play big and teams will take them, you know, and the little guys that make it they're you know, they're making stuff happen. And so that's kind of what I, I took growing up. And, um, I mean, now I, you know, I grew, so it's, it's been a little easier, but, um, yeah, no, it was, kind of just using my speed to my advantage. Now, you weren't a guy, once checking came into play in Bantams in high school, you weren't the type of guy, don't take this wrong, you weren't a guy that mixed it up. I wouldn't say you were soft, but you were. You always found a way not to get hit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I was just elusive and kind of would be able to spin off checks and stuff. Yeah. Um, and and then, uh, I've, I've, yeah. 
And do you, do you attribute a lot of that to your skating skill? Because I think you're an elite skater. Uh, obviously, getting away, but also having the agility to avoid the big hit. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I always worked on agility and stuff, and um, I, I was always on the rink um, when I was young. And um, yeah, I don't know. I've always just been able to have that, you know, quick twitch to either get out of the way or you know, spin off and, and keep the puck or something. How much influence did uh, having brothers like Jack and Ben uh, ahead of you? Uh, did they, did, did you train with those guys? Did you, um, did you work out with those guys? How, how did that all work out? Yeah, I, I actually loved having uh, two, older brother, two older brothers that played. and um, Yeah, we always trained and, and played together, especially when we were super young. Um, you know, you, you play knee hockey or, or roller hockey in the driveway and stuff like that. And it's, it's always competitive. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's what helped me a lot. I got a funny story for you. This just came to me. So just, just bear with me here. So I was, my son and your, and you are the same age, same, like he's a 2000, but graduate high school, mm-hmm. 18. And he's taller. I mean, not tall, but he's six, three, whatever. So he was taller for his age. And we were at Parade Ice Garden. He was in, a, in the studio rink doing some three-on-three three stuff there, and he was probably six years old. So you were the same age. You were six years old. Mm-hmm. And I looked out on the ice uh, at, at the bigger rink, you know, because they're in the same same yeah. facility, right? I look on the ice, and there's I'm assuming it was Bernie McBain. I don't know. But there were probably 15 guys, and they were doing literally – you were with them. They were probably peewees or bantams, and they were doing some extremely elite drills where my son was like literally just like beyond he was beyond chair pusher at this point but he was like five so imagine your average five year old right so I watched and there was this little kid out there who was up to the knees of these other kids and it was okay so I'll just get to this point so you guys were taking a break and I was in the lobby and my son had just finished and he had just come up to this drinking fountain and got a drink Right. And I was like, God, because you look small, but I don't know, maybe because he's next to those big guys, he just looks small. And you came up to the drinking fountain and there was this walker on the back of your jersey and you couldn't get up the drinking fountain and there was nobody there to help you. So I helped you up. I'm like, do you want some help? So I lifted you up like three inches and you got your drink. No and, you way. Looked up me. Yeah, and I'm like, and I remember like, man, this Walker kid. And I was like, so like a, a couple weeks later, I'd said to somebody, I'm like, have you ever heard of this Walker kid? Like, is he really small? I'm like, yeah, he goes, that's Sammy Walker. And then uh, so I, that was my, that was my touch with greatness. My moment with greatness <laughs> right there. That's so funny. But, but my son, Jake was probably, you know, three, four inches tall. And he jumped up on that. He didn't need help getting over it so then at that point i knew that you had to have been a kindergarten or first grade type kid and you're out there with i and and again this is don't think this is a racial thing but anthony walsh was out there this big hulking african-american kid right you know like yeah and so what was he he was probably five years older than you four years older than you you know yeah Five, five. He graduated six. 13. So, yeah, he was, oh, yeah. yeah. So there was all these guys out there, and they were good, too. I mean, this was, this was like yeah. the super elite, super elite kids. Well, I think I remember this, like, uh, like Johnny Austin. And, yes. Uh, guys like that, I think, were out there. Yeah. And obviously, like, I think my brothers, too. Yeah. 
It was it That's was just so one of those funny. moments. It was like, ah, this Walker kid, he was really good, and he was tiny. He couldn't even get over the drinking fountain. So <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, so there's my best memory of Sammy Walker, the youth that just came to me right now. So talk about you. You had a great youth career. Um, who was one of the best players when you were a youth, you know, before you got to high school? Who was the guy that you just, like, wow, you played against him, whether it be – it could be playing here in Minnesota at the, at the PB level, or it could be someone you saw playing nationally, too, because I know your teams travel all over the country yeah i mean um when i was super like again like the youth playing on the machine and stuff like that um i mean we had our team was unreal we had guys like austin pratt and scott reedy grant mismatch who you yep. know were bigger guys yep um for our, our age group and i mean they kind of just dominated and um i mean we traveled and, and went to you know chicago and places like that and we played guys like Sean Doogie, who yes. was unbelievable when we were like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like all the way up through Bantams and stuff, I, you know, playing against and playing with Scott Reedy and, and Austin Pratt and, you know, guys like that. It, it was, uh, they were kind of at who, the top. Who did you on the machine line? Who, who was your line mates generally? Well, um, Actually, for a long time, it was me, Grandma Smash, and Willie Rhyme. Right. Um, but sometimes it was like me and Copeland uh, would play together, and, and I think I played with Austin Pratt um, a lot too. But yeah, I mostly played with Mismash and, and Rhyme, which was a pretty good line. Yeah, um, Mismash could. He was just like like Austin Pratt, was just a man amongst boys out there. Yeah. It almost yeah, wasn't was... fair sometimes, right? Yeah, I did. Like, remember Pee Wee's Austin Pratt? And, I mean, it was that guy was so much bigger than everyone. I know it, was it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't fair. I'll never forget they were in the. I think no, you guys didn't make it to state that year. No, uh, we lost to EP to, right down in Brazil. EP, yeah, yeah. Um, but that year, that was the year I think EP beat them in the in the first round. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. that was a major upset. It was going to be everyone always thought it's going to be Prior Lake and Lakeville yeah. South, and Lakeville South got beat in the first round. And I think what like Hermantown made Hermantown it squeaked all the way through, and I think it was like a nine to four type of win. Yeah, or something Kevin like that. Fellows. Uh, Kevin yeah. Fellows was another name. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, he, he had a hundred and nine goals. Hundred and nine goals. Player that will ever. Yeah, play the game. <laughs> yeah, well, we have one this year who is right up there. You know, like really? Kid, oh yeah, there's two of them. There's Conrad Fondrick and Logan Hensler. There, you know, one is more like Austin Pratt, and one is more like you or Reedy type of kid. You know, like yeah. where they're just so skilled, so much more skilled than everybody else. But as you know, and you could probably back this up. Everybody kind of catches up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, once. So talk about that. Yeah, even what, high school. What was talk about catching up? Because you did a little bit of catching up too. Not that you were ever behind, but you know, mm-hmm. once you grew into your, you know, once you grew up in in tenth grade, what was that like? You know, finally being looking everybody in the eye when you hit the ice. Yeah, it was it was actually crazy. Like after my freshman year, I just, you know, I just sprung up, um, grew like five inches or something, and just that next year, my sophomore year was. It just made things easier, you know. Does, does it do something for your confidence? Did you have not that you ever? Don't get me wrong. Not that you ever lack confidence, but did mm-hmm. it do something for your confidence once you were able to grow? Oh yeah, I mean you, you're finally going into corner knowing that 
you know, you could maybe I'll muscle this guy, you know, it's like, it's kind of funny just, you know, being a little freshman and, you know, you kind of stay to the perimeter year. Um, I don't know, but now like at that time when my sophomore year, when you're kind of catching up and, you know, you're the same height as most people, it's, you know, just makes it easier to get into the dirty areas where, um, you know, you might not be able to get to at that size. What's funny is you look back on some of those Edina teams from seventh, eighth, ninth grade that you were playing on, uh, you and Tyler Madden were the two small guys. Mm-hmm. And now look at he's just blown up at Northwestern. Yeah, he's like six one now. I think maybe six feet. He's yeah, six feet, and, and his points are absurd. How what a good yeah. year he's had this year. So, any inspiration out there? If you're a little behind on the immaturity level, uh, if you have the skill and you have the grit, uh, good things turn out, right? Oh yeah, keep working. All right, now let's get to your high school career. Obviously, you had a, a you were Mr. Hockey winner. Um, you played in the state tournament. Two or three? Was it three times? Two, two times. Two, two times yeah. Freshman and senior year. Um, what were some of the greatest memories playing high school hockey at Edina? Uh, I mean, every night at Braemar was unbelievable. We always had great fans, and you know the student section was always um, super supportive, and that was always so fun. Um, I loved playing there. Um, obviously, playing the state tournament that was super fun. Um, but I mean, we just had. We had good teams and, and great guys on those teams, and um, I I loved playing free Diana. It was it was awesome. So I was. This was the you know they won state last year with with Nevers and Jungles and those guys. Mm-hmm. So you get to a Braemar this year, and I'm so used to. I mean, it's so funny. I, I've been talking about this. Well, you're so used to watching 18 and 22 and nine and 10. I mean, these guys that are just dominated for three or four. Mm-hmm. You just had a three or four year run there where you just basically owned the rink at Braemar. You know, you guys would win almost every game, right? Yeah. And you go there this year, and there's no speed. And it's like it's like there was like this drop-off. Talk about the the amount of speed that was on the ice your junior and senior year with, with Kumatsis and Nevers and Jungles and these guys and, and, and yeah. Lewis Crosby. I mean, the, the, the six or seven forwards, there was not one slow guy, you know? There was not no. one guy that was slow. Talk about how fun that we, would be. Oh, I mean, we had such a fast team for, I mean, the three or four years there. I mean, pretty much all my high yeah. school career. Because, I mean, you look back at even my sophomore year, like guys like Copeland who yes. would fly. And, I mean, you you kind of you look at my junior and senior um, you know, playing with, with jungles, you know, guys that, you know, can keep up. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, even guys like uh, Kavanaugh who – you know, he's fast too. Yes. Um, but yeah, we, we had such fast teams and it just made it, you know, I guess easier to play. And hard for the other teams. Yeah. You know, I remember watching some of your, th- my favorite things about a dynasty teams. I always tell people if they come in and they had never seen high school hockey, I'm like, what's going to be, what will impress you the most is when their third line gets on the ice and you see zero drop off from speed yeah. and skill. They just might have one more skill level that, skill that they're missing than than the top six you know that's yeah i mean my senior like our third line like uh boris shoemaker and and uh swanson what a great line that was a great all three of those guys can fly and they got skill too and that's what made it so fun 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, who's the funniest player, before we get to the university and your college stuff, who's the funniest player you played with growing up? Just the guy who could always keep the locker room light. I I would have to say Ben Copeland. I was uh, going to say that. Yeah. He, uh, he He's just goofy, you know, and just, like, we would always do this thing, like, hey, Copeland, like, try to make us laugh, and he'd just do, like, something so stupid that it just make you laugh, you know? So I, I would say he, he's definitely up there and, and him and Phillips together are just outrageous. Are they? Yeah. They're just so funny. Um, we, we haven't even said his name yet. Clayton Phillips name. There's another speedster, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been, and he's another kid who played the machine orange with you. I mean, there was oh, yeah. so uh-huh. many good players on those teams. It was, and he was a Ford back then too. Machine. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a uh, his second year of peewees because he, he he was talk about greatest peewees of all time. He was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. For <laughs> he sure. was one of them. That's for sure. All right. So now we get to college. Uh, you're an NHL draft pick. You walk into the locker room. What are some of the things? Uh, go from an expectations perspective. Uh, what did you expect before you got there? What were your expectations uh, landing at the University of Minnesota? Well, I mean, obviously I was excited and, um, you know, I've always wanted to play there, uh, you know, through my whole life. And so I was super excited coming in, but, you know, obviously you're pretty nervous here. You know, I was like 150 pounds at the time. And, you know, it's, you know, you, you kind of know what to expect, but you, you kind of don't. And it's, I, yeah, I mean, stepping into that, that first game, I, I would say I was pretty nervous. So you get there, obviously you worked our camp a little bit your first summer. Uh, so mm-hmm. I know you were there during the summer. What are they doing? Are they just, are they, are they pouring sand down your throat to get your, to get your weight <laughs> up and, and, and training and, and lifting and just, do they just, do they just put you through the ringer that summer or was it pretty light? Uh, no, we, we hit it pretty hard. Um, but yeah, the workouts were intense throughout the whole summer. Um, and I, I think, that's what helped so much coming into my freshman year was being there the summer before I'm um, just preparing. Cause if I didn't, I don't, I don't know, you know, where I'd be at so, the start of the year. So Cal but, Dietz is the, the director there of weight, mm-hmm. you know, strength conditioning guy. What does he do? I mean, what does it mean to you to be there? And he's now, yeah, well, I worked with this, you know, he's been there a long time and he's very oh, scientific yeah. and he knows when you're, you, you've, you, he can bring you to your limit, right? But he also wants mm-hmm. to, he, I've talked to him quite a bit and he's like, he also wants to make sure that you're in peak performance at the right time of the season, right? So you're not just dragging during come playoff time against Penn State, yeah. for example. What does, what does, what does that mean when you work with a guy like with Cal? He, I mean, he is so good at what he does and he's so smart and he, he knows, you know, each player's body type and how they play and, you know, what program they need to be on. And, and I mean, I just try to take everything in that he tells me and, and, you know, whatever he tells me to do, I I try to do the best I can. Is it a selling point to have a guy like Cal Dietz at a school, or or does every school have a Cal Dietz? I I don't think every school has a Cal Dietz. I mean that I mean that guy, the guy is unbelievable, and you know, he's obviously been there a long time, and 
Um, you know, he's he's coached a lot of great players, and anything he tells me here, you know, you better be listening and and you do what he says because he knows what he's talking about. So does he want run you guys through groups, or is it more one-on-one type stuff? Um, we work out as a team mostly in the summers, um, but, like, like we're all there at the time, like, working out at the same time, but, um, like, each guy has their own sheet, you know, that they're going off, so. Does he have, does he work out with you guys during the season? Do you guys do a lot of workouts in the season, or is it, or is it kind of ramped down? So, the, my point is, is the summer his heavy season, or is, or is he just mm-hmm. as busy with you guys during the, during the season as well? Summer... Yeah, summer is super intense, um, but we also work out during the during the year, um, a couple times a week. But it's it's um, obviously like super light, and um, you know, yeah, I would say summers are are way ramped up, and they're pretty intense. Uh, now, do you do anything extra? Or is everything you do at the U, is that it? You know what I mean? That's the question I keep coming back to is, do you have more to do, or do you, do you choose to do more than what's actually being um, brought on by the university? Um, I mean, me personally, I do more. Um, like, I work out there and, and stuff, and, like, they they don't, like, really require, um, you know, guys to do anything at the U. I mean, we have out-of-state guys that, that will go home um, a little bit of the summer and whatnot, but mostly the guys are there working out and, and skating, but, you know, I'll, I'll go skate off campus somewhere or, uh, you know, do a little, little other stuff as well. So you get to the, what, what was the one thing you didn't expect that, that actually happened? Like, oh, I never, never thought that was going to happen to me here or, or whatever it might be. What was the one thing when you get to college you didn't expect? Um, I mean, I was kind of, I'll be honest, I was pretty nervous with the schooling. Oh, okay. like, academics. All right. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of, you know, like, oh, is it going to be too hard? Am, am I going to be ready? Like, whatever. But, um, I mean, we have just like the academic facilities we have with tutoring and stuff. It's, I mean, they, it's unbelievable. They make sure, you know, you're on track and, and if you need help with anything, they're there. Um, so I, they make it really easy on you. And, um, that was something that was super helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you look at like the hockey aspect and, um, I would say that I was pretty nervous coming in, but as soon as I kind of stepped out, oh, we played UMD on um, that first game and just after a couple of shifts, um, you kind of settle in. You're like, okay, I can, I can play at this level. The speed so, didn't overwhelm you. Yeah, I mean, me being one of the, you know, I would say one of the faster guys, it was, it was uh, pretty easier to, to transition into college. All right, let's go back to you were talking about the academics, and I just I'm going to test your. Uh, uh, your ability to describe something here is something you learn in college, right? You want to write a story, right? So just, uh-huh. if, just imagine there's a, there's a kid listening to the show or there's some old codger listening to the show and they've never seen the Athlete's Village, okay? Yeah. Descri- try to describe what this thing is because when I've been through it a few different times and each time I go in and I'm like, I'm more and more impressed. And I have the hardest des- 
time describing exactly what this thing is that's provided for you and all the other athletes at the university? Yeah, I mean, this is, it's probably the most incredible thing on campus, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, other than some of the old buildings and the architecture like yeah, that, but for, for sure. athletes, keep going, all right. Yeah, I mean, for athletes, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, you walk in and, um, you know, kind of the main building, you got um, kind of a dining hall where all the athletes can eat um, for dinner, and then you got the elevators um, right in front of you that take you up to different floors where guys will have tutor sessions and, and meet with their counselors and stuff like that. They're right um, there. So the same place yeah. you eat is the same place you can get uh, your academic tutoring. Yeah, it's like the dining hall is on the first floor, and then you go up to whatever floor your sport's on. Um, and I mean, that's just the start. There's all these sports that have their facilities there. I mean, for hockey, we, we kind of have all our stuff in Mariucci. Um, but for the other sports, they, you know, they, they have their facility, like football, they got their whole thing there in the back and, um, you know, huge indoor turf that they got and the basketball. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the resources that, that us student athletes have there. So speaking of that, let's uh, walk you down the street to Mariucci. You have obviously a, a world-class weight room, um, a, a unbelievable sheet of ice to practice on both uh, regulation and Olympic um, and then talk about the locker room, the lounge. I mean, this is, this is as nice of lifestyle as you're ever going to live. Right. I mean, Oh yeah. Talk I, about that spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I am loving it there. It's, I mean, we got an awesome lounge, we, great kitchen, um, you know, where you can make food and stuff. And, you know, we have nutritionists come in that will make us smoothies and stuff after practice. And it's, it's unbelievable. And, yeah, I'm loving it there. It's a, it's as close to being a pro athlete without getting paid, right? Exactly. That's the way I look at it. Like, wow, this is like a pro locker room, pro everything. It's you know you have the, the the training and the coaches and everything. It's 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 first class for sure. Um, all right, mm-hmm. last question. Let's talk about this COVID nineteen. Did you ever think you and I would be talking about a a, a pandemic virus? And, and <laughs> no. what does this do? What have you gotten out of this whole thing? I mean, I'm I'm trying to get this out of you know anything from college coaches to players and parents and everything. What is your take on this? And what does it mean for you as a student from here to the end of uh, May or mid May? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, all our classes are online now and. Um, you know, still kind of figuring that out with, um, you know, video lectures and, and whatnot, but, um, no, it's crazy. Like we, you know, we were about to go play Penn state and, you know, they kind of, the big 10 kind of just called it quits and it was crazy. We were actually uh, about to go out for practice and, you know, our, our coach was like, Hey, I, I don't know if we'll practice today doesn't look like we're going to be going to Penn state. Um, and everyone was kind of confused. Like, are they seriously going to like shut down the season or whatever? And so we kind of just waited around the rest of the day and sure enough, they, they canceled the big 10 tournament. And then later, um, was it days later or was it the, the same day? Was it a day or two it was, later? It was the same day that they canceled the big 10 tournament. Is and then NCAA? I think it was, and then I think it was a few days later that they canceled the NCAA tournament. 
So you're sitting over at Mariucci, and I don't have all of the seniors uh, off the top of my head, but I, I know Zulsdorf's a senior. Nanny's Zulsdorf, a senior. Nanny, and uh, Maroney. That's it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, the the craziness, and this isn't just just those three, but you think about all the different college athletes, the basketball, and 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 you know winter sports and call and and spring sports who really get affected by this. Did were you around those guys when they when this happened and realized their career is over? Yeah, I mean, we were all just in the locker room, um, and it was obviously like super sad to ever see an end like that and, and see our seniors, you know, disappointed. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that just like all, like everyone sees an ended like that, you know? Yeah. It is insane how that happens. Um, before we wrap up the show, let's talk about what the next season looks like for the Gophers. You don't, like you said, there's three seniors and there's probably mm-hmm. a handful of recruits coming in, but a majority of the team that played and succeeded this year and you had a really good run after christmas uh what's 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 the outlook for the gophers next year yeah like you said we got a lot of guys coming back and i think we just you know we got a lot of work to do this summer um just in the weight room and whatnot and you know hopefully we can just um start the season like we left off and and keep it rolling because the second half was was super fun now, as the captain, um, if you finish your career at the University of Minnesota, I think I did the research on this. There's two other Gophers, Casey Hankinson, and there's one more that were a three-year caps. Oh, Grant Patolny um, were also three-year captains. What does that mean to you? Like you get to be the, a three-year, potentially be a three-year captain for the Gophers. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a huge honor. Um, yeah, you know, I've been doing my best to you know, try to, you know, lead these guys and, and hopefully the next couple couple of years we can do something special, but yeah, I mean, being a sophomore captain and, and, you know, for a couple more years being a captain, it's, it's been, it's been unbelievable. It's, it's just a huge honor. When someone, I don't know how it gets handled, maybe the head coach, I'm guessing, hands you the C uh, as a sophomore. What were you thinking? Was, did you think maybe you were on candid camera, or did you think, hey, this is serious. I'm going to be the captain of this team next year. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, our team is so close and, and guys, you know, it's really have strong relationships with each other. So, you know, they make my job easy. And, um, you know, we, ha- we have a lot of great leaders on this team and, and not all leaders will we'll wear a ladder and stuff. And, and that's what's been so, you know, I've been so lucky and it's because it's been easy because, you know, we have so many guys that, you know, either they just go out there and play and, and you know, work their hardest or there's other guys that, that will step up and, you know, and help me with that. You have a, a big role as the as the captain, and you talked about it. it's easy. But you've you, a lot of these guys you've known growing up, or playing against, or playing with. Does that make it easier? Oh yeah, for sure. I would say, I mean, well over half. I, you know, I either played against or played with, and that just makes you know it's so much easier and makes the relationships you know so much better. So yeah. 
um, one of those guys was Scott Reedy. You know, he he's a kid who played for Shattuck and NTDP, but you had a lot of youth hockey memories playing with him. His game really took off this year, and I think part of it because I, I get to see him each year working at our camp. His body, remember, he used to be kind of thin. Now he's just mm-hmm. like a bull out there, thick. Oh, is it, yeah. Do you think this is him growing into his body and growing into this this bigger, hulkier, you know, a man of a hockey player? It just takes a little bit while to 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 get accustomed to that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like you said, he was a little skinnier and and maybe you know, a little awkward skating, whatever, growing up. But, I mean, he's a man now, <laughs> and he's you can see that in his body. And um, I mean, the, his shot, too, is – I actually loved playing with him, you know, the second half because, you know, I would just be flying, and I'd give it to him in a spot. And with his shot, he doesn't miss much, so – well, it's been a, a fun time chatting with you. Glad, I'm glad we got to sit down and talk a little hockey, talk a little bit of Sammy Walker, uh, talk a little bit your past, your present, your future. Um, after this, do you talk a lot to Tampa Bay? Do they have a plan for you? Do they have a chart for you? Um, or is it just kind of a year-to-year kind of thing? Uh, it's kind of just year-to-year. I mean, uh, I think we're both on the same page and just, you know, each year keep getting better and keep improving. And then, you know, at the end of my time here at the U, you know, we'll see what happens, but I would say I'm more focused just, uh, just my time at the U and enjoying that. Do you have a guy at the lightning? I know there, I know every, every pro team has a guy that, uh, works in in player development, so you probably work with them. In the, the, you you go to their summer camp, right, where they work with all mm-hmm. their drafted players. Who's mm-hmm. the guy from Tampa Bay? I don't know. I know a few of these guys from just youth hockey world. Who's who's your contact at, at Tampa that you work? Who's the development of trainers trainer development guy? Um. Well, yeah, like the player development. Yeah. Um. When I was younger, or a couple years ago, it was like Stacy Roost. Yeah. And just recently, uh, this past year, he got promoted. So now I've been talking with like JC Cote, and and you know they they've been unbelievable, just helping me. And you know, do they actually come to your games and watch? Um, I'll see them like you know once or twice a year. Um, I, the reason I ask, but... yeah, the reason I ask is uh, Derek Plant and uh, Jamie Langenbrunner have a very similar jobs with the with the Blackhawks and Bruins. And I ask them, I always ask them, what do you do? What do you do? And like, well, we work with them in the off season, and then during the season, we usually go watch them play once or twice, and then mm-hmm. talk to them after the game a little bit, talk about their game. But it's it's nothing too serious. But it is they're trying to stay connected with you and keep you motivated, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, they're, they're pretty good at, um, you know, kind of leaving us be during the season and, and letting us kind of just do our thing and, and keep getting better. And they'll check in every once in a while, just to see how things are going, make sure and everything's okay. And, um, but yeah, they, um, they've been awesome with me and just kind of these past, you know, three or two, three years, whatever it's been. So each each summer they they have a camp, right? Like, and mm-hmm. do, you, do you go to this camp? How long is the camp? Is it hard? Is it fun? What 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 what's involved in it? Yeah, uh, it's like a week long. Um, I love going to camp. Um, I mean, you're going to Florida for a week, right? Uh, but no, I, it's not too hard. I mean, we have a couple workouts that 
they're kind of a bagger. Um, but the ice times are super fun and, and you learn a lot and, you know, you just kind of try to take in as much as possible. Yeah, well, that's that's fun to know. I, what I'm trying to get out of this interview is is what goes on in the life of a of a college hockey player from his youth to his high school pro and all the way through. So you've given us a, a great view of that. Thanks a lot for your time, Sammy, and uh, we'll see you around the rink. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Sammy Walker, University of Minnesota.